0: We are live. Um, welcome to this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. My name is Martin Hoxie, and as ever, I'm joined by Steve Webster. Hi, Steve.
1: Hi, hey, Martin. Hi, Charles.
0: And we also have Charles. Hello, Charles. Maxon.
2: Hey, Martin. Hey, Steve. Hello, everybody. Uh, shout out to Jacob and Joshua, our first two posters, actually joining us live here. So, hello, gentlemen. For thanks for joining us.
0: Well, it brings to mind um, a tweet as well we got when we announced the show. So today we are talking about alternate runtimes for Workspace add-ons. And um, I can't remember who it sent the tweet to me, but they said, finally. <laughs> so I think this is a, a very anticipated show. Um, and I think it's this is a really interesting development. I think we're going to um, unpick some of the questions that we've got beforehand. But also if you've got uh, questions, feel free to throw them into the YouTube chat as well, and we'll try our best to pick them up. But um, should we just crack on? Bring I, think on we, our guests?
2: I think we should, but I think a couple of things just to set up. I think this is the first time I really feel great about the name of the show. Totally unscripted, because it will be totally unscripted, right, without <laughs> thinking about apps good one, good one, good one. Uh, which is kind of good. And, I, and as you mentioned, I think we've got two great guests. Uh, Steve, who's part of my team, who's worked a lot with it, and Real, who's done tons to actually already pioneer what you can do with it. So let's bring him on. Here
0: we go. Hello. So um, Hello, we go. were just also chatting to Real beforehand. Um, uh, and you should look at Real's GitHub page, um, because we were talking about how he controls his Tesla car with Google <laughs> Apps Script. <too. It's, laughs> he, he's still got some Google Apps Script love for us all. but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Real, do you do you want to say a bit more about yourself uh, and your background?
3: Yes, I'm I'm Real. I'm uh, I'm with you as a Google Developer Expert for a few years now, and uh, a company is Apps in the Netherlands. And we, for the last ten years, we are doing uh, Google Workspace deployments for our customers, and also adding additional value by developing all kinds of automation tools on the Google Cloud platform. And of course, in the past, a lot of using Apps Scripts moving beyond as well and seeing all the possibilities that the cloud platform is giving to us and now where the new alternate runtimes for the add-ons gives us a lot more opportunities even to to dab into these workspace products and help customers with their with their businesses and so, yeah I'm, I'm very very excited about it and uh yeah happy to start working with it and, and being part of this this launch so to say
0: Excellent. And we also have Steve, who, it's like you're almost a regular here. I've <laughs> only been
4: on <laughs> twice.
0: <laughs> but for those who, for some reason, haven't come across you, Steve, do you just want to say a quick few words?
4: Uh, sure, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Steve. I'm a developer relations engineer uh, at Google. I've been yeah, working on Workspace for, oh, since before it's... Before it was Workspace, um, I had to go back to uh, when it was still Google Apps and Google Apps for Business and G Suite and the whole chain of renames. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've worked with you know lots of the APIs, uh, Drive and Marketplace and everything. So um, yeah, this is just uh, you know it's another API. It's it's a new way to get integrated and uh, yeah, I'm happy at launch. It's been it's been in works for a while and yeah. Um, Cur- really curious to see uh, what Real has uh, actually been building with it.
2: Awesome. Hey, so, so Steve, you kind of said a little bit already about what alternate run times are. Could you just explain a little more detail? Could you also kind of explain who it's for? And then my follow up question to you is can you explain the name and what it means and <laughs> maybe why it's not the perfect name?
4: Yeah, I'm going to start with that one. I, I, I've been uh, pushing, I have the check writers on my side on this one. Um, so hopefully we'll we'll change it. Um, it's it's just runtime, right? Um, I mean, it's they're only an alternate runtime because app, you know add-ons have been limited to AppScript for so long. Um, but you know, a lot of you know, which and I don't have anything against AppScript. I love it for certain use cases. But for to answer the question about who is this for, um, you know, there's a, an audience of developers, pretty like you know, professional developers, ISVs that. Know have already invested in certain tech stacks, right? You know, maybe they uh, they love C sharp and .net. Maybe they um, they do everything with Node.js or Java, right? It doesn't really matter what the particular stack is, um, but there's a lot of companies that have invested a lot of time and effort in their processes, their tooling, uh, all their infrastructure for how they deploy, and they want to take advantage of that. So what they can do now is you know add add-on functionality using the same stacks that they build the rest of their applications with um, and not have to learn a new tool and new set of uh, processes for how to deploy add-ons with AppScript. script um, So the same functionality you get with app script with a few exceptions um, but with a lot more choice in how you approach it
2: oh, we still got Charles. Sorry, I muted there because I didn't want to <laughs> speak over you and then I didn't speak at all. Um, since you were last on, Steve, uh, we went GA, right, with alternate runtimes, as the, as the name uh, still is. Uh, but we also released the Google Workspace add-on API. Can you just talk a little bit about what that is and why we added that on top, no pun intended, to, uh, to the framework?
4: Yeah. It's, um really has to do with, uh, you know, again, sort of the history of add on being based on app Script, they had you know, previously used uh, the AppScript Script manifest as the vehicle for describing how an add on integrates that's um, part of how um, you deploy an add on is you have to tell tell us tell the add ons framework, um, you know, which methods to invoke which endpoints, which integration points like do you show up in Gmail or Drive or the editors? Um, so, there's a lot of information beyond just writing the code for the add-on, there's all this configuration code that has to go along with it. Um, and as part of decoupling from AppScript, Script, that functionality of describing an add-on is now broken out into an API. Um, there's actually... I, I, I don't suspect a lot of people would use the underlying API itself, um, even though it's there. Um, the better way to do it is it's actually just in- integrated into uh, the cloud console, so you can go in, you can paste your JSON there, uh, and it's also integrated into the G Cloud command line, and that's actually how I do it when I'm whatever I'm deploying. It's um, just working on a Code Lab for this; so it will be out soon. Um, but it actually makes it really easy where you can um, actually the entire Code Lab you're just in Cloud Shell in your browser on the command line. Um, and it, it works great. It, it's, it's, I think, it's a much easier uh, way of doing things. Um, but there is an underlying a, underlying API, but you know, it's not something that um, most people would have to concern themselves with.
0: This probably leads on to a question we got from <coughs> Joshua Snyder. Um, so, uh, who, who's I think w- watching live? So, um, hello, Joshua. So, his question is: Can can you my- migrate an existing add-on? To, to an alternate runtime? And if so, what, what kind of things do you need to consider for that?
4: Uh, it's a great question. Um, right now, I, I, I couldn't give you the play-by-play of how to do it, um, but I, this is actually an important topic and uh, just chatting with our, our technical writers, uh, one of the things we're working on is restructuring the documents now that everything's out. I want to make a nice, really easy path, but this is actually, I think, an important topic that I want in there um, because, you know, it is like, you know, there, there are some mechanical parts of like, how do you, you know, you have to move the deployment over change, you know, if it's in the market and it's going to vary if you're in the marketplace or not, but um, you know, roughly I would say, you'd have to create a new deployment, build out your backend and then update your market listing marketplace listing to use the new deployment. It's like roughly the steps, but there's, there's a lot of detail in there that I am, Glossing over for, you know, just because it's not a well-paid path yet, but um, it it is an important thing that, like, over the next few you know weeks and months, I hope you know we'll have a lot more guidance to make this really easy for people.
2: Steve Webster, I know you actually did this and went through the experience of the exercise. Well, can you share with us your background of of doing that migration on one of your add-ons?
1: Sure. So from the legacy editor add-ons, you know, you have their HTML service. And then I wanted to take advantage of the card service using, you know, the, the new GWAO. So I actually uh, created a little video and a presentation on that that could be shared later. Um, but my experience was I enjoyed uh, the UI portion because going to the card interface, it in one hand, it one may look at it and say, oh, it's limiting what I can do. It's like, well it's helping you to be better, (laughs) right? (laughs) So I I felt very happy going from maybe a thousand lines of HTML related code to maybe just a few dozen, right? Lines of code. And so everything can be tidy and things like that. So yeah, I actually enjoyed that process. Yeah.
2: So Riel, you've been doing app-based development for, dare I say, you a decade, right? Uh Uh, What attracted you to moving to alternate runtimes, what's the business benefit? Uh, can you give us a little bit of your your background with it?
3: Yes, the reason I really like it is not because I dislike AppScript. We all love AppScript, right? <laughs> we all say the same. Um, no, but but you have in the end you have applications running on your own services and your own service, your own environments. We do a lot on Node.js because it just has more power than than we sometimes need and that we can get from AppScript. Um, And when we want to build an add-on that can can take this logic and the things we already built, all these these processes we have, it's very easy to just have your own service return these cards that you described just with some simple JSON files and return this to your add-on. So for me, the big benefit was to keep our existing infrastructure, even our existing services that were already deployed, to to have add-ons just talk to them and just give them a response and. Create an interaction with the tools we already had. And uh, we didn't have to write any new web scripts, we did barely had to write any new code to make this happen. And that's that's what we did with the thing that, that we went in the blog post about, it, about the, the tooling. And I can later on in the show, I can show you how this actually goes when you when you communicate with add ons. But this was it was a big game changer for, for me to, to, to make this and making <laughs> taking card build or building a quick interface to interact and having your backend respond in a few JSONs. And I think within an hour I had an interaction with an existing backend running. Within an hour,
2: that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about anybody else, but I think it'd be a great time perhaps maybe to share that if you'd want to show us what you were working on to kind of explain that journey, because that sounds, you made it sound easy. Show us.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is easy.
3: <laughs> okay, um, so, well, let me let me start sharing my screen. Uh, here we go. So actually, I, I think you can see, see our VS Code screen, right? I got I a little, little demo um, that is um, actually just a little Node.js backend service. And I hope most of the people that are watching are familiar, but I think, I think people that use Express and Node.js are quite a target audience also for for these alternate runtimes. So when I, I just I just going start to run a, to run my server quickly. Um, so actually now I'm listening in, in uh, on on this port on the local host. So actually what we what we now need to do is have our add-on later on being able to communicate, actually, my local device, there is a little tool that I use, which actually was a tip from Steve. Uh, It's called ng and I will just... um, If you can read this, make the screen a little bit bigger. And this tool is quite easy. I just can say... And what it actually does is it, it creates a little tunnel just so something that helps you. You can, of course, deploy your code to Cloud Function or the Cloud Run, and you get a URL as well. But in the end, all that matters is this, this URL here that you get. And this is now the link that I can use, I will copy it now, to have my add-on actually talk to my, to my server. So um, let me share another screen now. So think of this, my server now is running, and this is our production application that is doing some things in the and share my, I have to switch from screens up. (laughs) Here we go. So I think now you should be able to see um, the workspace API I'm coming to back later. This is the the card builder. uh, Maybe some people have already seen it, but uh, this is a tool that we can use to create an add-on. So like, like things are now I want to to create a demo card. I I did something. You can really very easy uh, add some some parts. You can add a text paragraph here. Have some text in here. Uh, this is a nice demo. Uh, let's center it a bit, just to show. And what card builder does is giving you this JSON here. It renders this JSON part, and this is actually describing the card that we have in in screen. And you create all your navigation cards. Um, in this in this card builder tool. And actually the the add-on, the, the the navigation is like it's a stacked way where you can push cards on top of other cards, move back, etc. I think this is a bit too far-fetched to show you now. But this is the principle. But in the end, all you need to do is your backend to fill or create this JSON I can copy it here as well. So when I go back to my code base now, let me quickly switch again.
1: As you do that, real, could you zoom in a little bit more
3: in the code base so we can see it a little better? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Better? Yes. Okay. So, actually, when we post to this application, it, it runs the function return home page. When I go there, actually, I have now this GBAO section. I'll just paste my JSON here. And you can see that when I run this function, it does a rest of JSON with a navigation action push card. So, okay, this is it. So I I expect my application to run later. I still have this, you know, so now I have to actually deploy my add-on. I haven't done this, but I can show you this, this, this part and how it works. And let me go back to the browser again and go to the API. I hope you're still able to follow me. Oh, here we go. So this is the workspace add-on API and you can, can create deployments here. And this is the difference that this was from AppScript. You had to do it in, with a manifest first, but now you can create deployments here and you have two deployments actually running. And these are both not installed because I have an install action here. And as you can see on my inbox as well, there are no, no add-ons available here. So just to show you how easy it can be, they have a local test here. And when I edit this deployment, just you see that you can set for your add-on a, a, a bit of information. First, the scopes that you want your user to 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 acknowledge when you when you open the add-on and that you might need doing some requests for this user. But actually, the most important thing is here your Gmail compose trigger and my actions, and what you say here that I actually want to call a function. And this is most I put it on both now just. Most things you need to do. So now I, I put my run function on the URL I just created with my tunnel. So actually it will call my local local deployment of the server. So I can say now let's save it. It's down here. Sorry, submit. It's, it's still readable now because I changed the screen a little bit. And I can say install now. So when I click install now, I, my add-on will be installed. And when I refresh this page, you will actually see. That my add on is popping up here and it's called the self Silence. So when I click this, I expect the add on to run uh, my service and I can't show you both screens at the same time. But you click it here, it runs. Ah, and it's an invalid URL.
0: No
4: demo would be complete without uh, yeah. at least one error. <laughs>
0: The, the neat thing is, you're proving
2: it's.
3: Ah, uh, look, I put a space behind it here. Oops. Yeah. let's remove the space there.
0: Well, whilst Rio is doing some type picking. Uh Perhaps Steve B, you can answer this question from from Joshua in terms of you know when when is the basically the oh yeah the, the, the uh, beam trigger.
4: Yeah, it's a great question. Um... Yeah, the way add-ons work is those requests are uh, basically being proxied through Google services. Uh, so the user interacts with Google services, um, and then you know, in the kind of in the middle, we take care of a lot of things around identity and OAuth and things like that, and then uh, forward the request um, you know, to to whatever backend is configured, and then tra- translate that JSON response back into. The right instructions for the UI. So yeah, it's the users never directly interac- uh, interacting with the backend code.
0: What what kind of response times? I, I would imagine because Google infrastructure is doing the proxying. You know, be, it, you know, the question is slightly dependent how how good your backend your your runtime is. Ex-
4: exactly. Yeah. The um, mm. there's, there's some overhead from just the add-ons infrastructure itself, but. Um, yeah, a lot of it is going to be on how fast you return the faster you can return a response the faster we can return that response but yeah. but in general if
2: you're looking for performance gains and I know a lot is on you per se in your back end but obviously this could be a way to be faster than Apps script potentially
4: um, I think er- early on um, it's actually the origin of why like of how URL fetch got the batch mode. Um, was because of add-ons. We had a a couple of developers we were working with and um, they wanted to be able to do, uh, you know, fetch fetch multiple uh, API resources and combine them into the UI. And of course in AppScript, everything is synchronous and URL fetch is only allowing you to do one request at a time. You could imagine if you're making 10 HTTP requests in sequence, your response time is gonna be pretty Mm -hmm. slow for users. Um and uh yeah so we actually got the app script team to do a batch mode HTTP fetch which allows you to do that in parallel, um and sped things up. But like if you look at something like Node, right? Like well you know doing async requests is is just you know it's built in, right? And you have a lot of tools around how you construct, um, you know parallel work and coordinate things that you know just weren't available. So that's yeah it's you can. You can make a slow add-on with any runtime, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> if, if that's what you want to do. But uh, yes, um, yeah, it, it's try to optimize things. These are things that happen in user time, and of course, people you know they don't want to be waiting longer than they have to.
3: Cool. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the nice thing in terms of, of development, um, you see now that my my add-on is now actually connected to to my local environment here by by this ancient rock tunnel that we have. And one thing I really like is the moment we change some things in my thing, testing cards, testing how a JSON response would look like in the add-on, it's very, very easy and very fast. So I can just, just, uh, this is uh, tu 3.15. And of course, this this app restarts and just want to refresh my add-on you will see that it immediately reflects. <laughs> and this is something that was hard to do also when you have script programming and add-ons. You, you need a deployment you need to change things and it's back and forth back and forth and now you have the two screens next to each other and just just use your existing building tools and all things you we, I use TypeScript, uh, we can we can do some testing before we go, etc. So it, it really integrates into into the workflow you already have and and that's what I think is very powerful now on the on these alternate runtimes.
2: So I imagine you work obviously, you've got a team of developers that probably work on projects simultaneously. This has got to be a huge boom for them to work collaboratively versus you know, wait for me to share my app script with you.
3: Right? Yeah. Yes. In App Script, this is not so straightforward to work with different people on the on scripts. Yeah. No, that's all yeah, definitely.
0: So we should probably stress as well that with alternate runtimes, we're we're talking card service here. So, yes, HTML service, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> card service, yes, yes. But, yeah, uh, yeah. That,
4: if if uh, it's, a whole, it's a whole other discussion, if we want to start talking uh, about you know, uh, yeah, HTML. There, there was a
0: yeah. there was a question from Alex that we got in pre-show. So uh, obviously with Gmail and Gmail add-ons, you know the big Selling point initially for going and using card service was multiple platform. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, it's integrated into the mobile apps. It, same landing for the editor add ons as well?
4: Uh, I don't know what the times are for those. Um, in theory, yes. Um, we'll take yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, and and hopefully soon. But yeah, it's you know, that, that is the the way the infrastructure is built. Um and it's really just you know, more organizational artifact that not every app is, you know, always, you know, caught up to everything. But yeah, that's that's the goal is yeah, they should work uh they should work everywhere. Yeah.
1: Now, the GWAO, um, I don't think Forms is is included at this point, right?
4: Uh, correct. Yeah, they are still on the older editor add-ons uh, right. infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that don't have add-ons yet. Um, you know, sure. It's not in chat, it's not in um, just a few other places, not like drawings, things like that. But um, but it, it is an infrastructure that is designed... Uh, to work in all these different contexts it's just not every product team is um, on the same timeline
2: so throw uh, this question to either one of you um, both you know in reality you're working in you know live apps and practice and Steve you obviously you're, you're helping folks understand really the best way to do these things what does this mean to Appscript script add-ons future I mean as we mentioned we know we still have the old HTML service. As we know, though this is a great way going forward, is there still use cases that, in your minds, where AppScript add-ons are still a must, or should folks be thinking this is the future of add-ons? You either get used to
3: it or embrace it, or what? Either one, yes. I, I think the idea about what AppScript should be differs a little bit on who you ask. But in my opinion, I, there are definitely use cases for AppScript, and I think really the people that Want not necessarily experienced developers, but people that want to pick up some coding and build their own tools, and I think AppScript should be the tool to to provide for that, and also be able to build your own add-on and to build your own cards to make some buttons to have your script do stuff for you. I think this should be the powerful things that AppScript bring to other users and have users build their own things. You don't have to worry about development environments or, or runtimes or banking tunnels for your for your endpoints. But just have it there and easily be able to to point your add-on to your app script, and that that would make it, of course, in my opinion, very powerful for, for more users than just our developers that work with this daily. Yeah, the only thing I would add on that is there, there are a few use cases
4: where uh, app script you know it has more capabilities than what you can do with the the other runtimes, and it's mostly around the editors. Um, just because things like uh, the notion of a session, right? like it's just not in the REST APIs yet, um, so you can't figure out where's the user's cursor, right? What text do they have selected? That you do have an app script. Um, hopefully, those you know those gaps get closed, so there is there is parity, and then it becomes more of a, a personal choice. Um, to you know to Riel's point, if. You know, if you're just doing something for yourself and you want quick and you know quick and dirty, like Script is super awesome for that. Yeah. Um, and it's you know it's a little bit you know less set up and you know within a few minutes you could have you know a basic add-on working, um, which you know a little bit harder with with other runtimes because you have these other concerns. Um, but yeah, there's there's a little little bit of feature you know difference right now, but you know,
2: one of the things I personally love about um Ascript is I don't have to deal with things like identity OAuth and those type of things. How much of a burden is that, or how much work do you actually have to do on the alternate runtime to actually make that a reality, give you that same experience?
4: Uh, not that much really. Um the there's a little bit of extra work in just you know authenticating incoming requests. Um and that's you know, and it how much work that is depends on your platform that you deploy on. If you do that on GCP, it's quite easy because it actually integrates with uh, the identity and access management policies. So it's just a matter of, you know, running a command to grant uh, grant a role to a service account. If you're deploying on AWS, you're gonna wanna, you know, you're gonna have to implement a little bit of code to just, you know, validate an identity token. It's boilerplate code, it's not really that hard. Um, and then the rest is, is, you know, we actually give, if it's, if you're talking to a Google API, we actually give you the the access token. So if you have those scopes in your uh, deployment descriptor, we'll still d- still do the same thing we do today with App Script add-ons uh, and uh, do the authorization flow and forward the token. And you know that token is gonna be valid and fresh. Um, and then all you have to do is just inject that into the API client or whatever HTTP client you're using to make the request really, you know, not that hard. It's, you know, it's like an extra line or two compared to App Script, but it's, it's really not uh, a huge burden.
3: yeah, I can just just do to, to to step into that. i had I had this little one prepared because I actually forgot to mention. Um, you you can instead you can easily get ecologies because you saw I put in the scopes on the in the in the API to, mm-hmm. to where the on ask for the user for the permission. and you actually get I use the bearer token here. it does to work for me to fetch the bearer token from the call. Google sends to my server. But in the end, I just have a middleware function. I get color details, and it locks to me that it actually sees that this is, this is this user actually calling my add-on, and these are the scopes. And I can use this token to do authenticated calls to the Gmail API and any API I want, which actually, you don't have to build this OAuth flow. Also, in your own backend. you actually have the token with you. And this is, this is another powerful thing, which I found very easy. <laughs>
0: Just a quick question from Joshua Um, in terms of the tokens, do do you need to factor in refreshing them?
4: That's a great question. So yeah, the tokens that are sent along with the request are uh, only meant for interactive use. Um, You can, if you need to, um, do I mean, you'd have to basically just build a companion web app um, and, you know, link out to that, open it up, and then go through the auth flow again if you want offline access. It's not ideal, but it's not not that hard to do. Um, But, yeah, we only manage um, tokens for first-party APIs, like Google APIs, where it's interactive. Um, If you need to connect to a third-party
3: service or anything Mm -hmm. else, then you're kind of... On your own and how to do that. Yeah, I think the question was also more: these tokens live for like an hour, I think. Yeah. Well, so what if you want? I think I just once wants if you store the token to have, like, a trigger do a daily job for you, like scanning the email. Do you? Is there a way to refresh this auto token?
4: There, there's not. you you would have to tr- like it, it would fall into basically a, like treating our APIs as a third party API at that yep. point. So you'd have to kind of kick out to a web app. Authenticate the user, um, get a refresh token, store it in some place, and um, it kind of kind of falls outside what that
3: on framework is is going to do for you. Yeah, it make it makes sense. Also, in terms of security wise,
0: are there in terms of when you're um, setting up your own alternate runtime, what what would you say are the key considerations in, in terms of your Infrastructure. So, for example, uh, we had a question from CBM Services wondering, you know, are there particular environments that you won't be able to use unless Google certify them, or is that not really a, a consideration at this point?
4: Yeah, it's. Oh, well, <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's not really a thing, but it is a thing, um, <laughs> and it really just depends on um, who the users of that uh, add-on are going to be. If you're just building it for yourself or your mm-hmm. organization, um, it really doesn't matter um, because you know internal apps with you know within workspace they're they're not subject to security reviews or anything. So yeah, if it's in your own data center on your desktop. Doesn't matter uh, if you're deploying to the marketplace um, for general consumption, and you're using sensitive or, or not even sensitive, but restricted scopes, which you know are, are discouraged unless you have a really good re- you know. But restricted scopes, mm-hmm. like then yes, there's there's a security review that goes into that. They're going to look at you know they're going to care about your <laughs> your deployment practices and um, who has access to code and who has access to user data and things like that. Well, um, that's only only if you're kind of treading into, you know, more dangerous territory around, like, I need full access to every file and Drive or every message in Gmail. Uh, if you do the per-message scopes or per-file scopes, then, you know, it doesn't really matter at that point.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I, re- I, I saw that um, you know, in the blog post where you, you talked about these when we, when we went general availability. It was an add-on you were building for a customer. Uh, a lot of your work is actually for specific customers for domain-wide um, add-ons. Yeah. Is there any different approach you take there? Obviously, as Steve mentioned it's a little less of a burden on you to create those. Um, I'm also curious: is the, you know what's the demand to like for that? Are a lot of people starting to discover add-ons? And what's what's your hope and aspiration? I guess for the the add-on
1: market.
3: I hope I can't keep up. No. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's unknown territory, also for, for customers, in my experience, because the, the existence of add-ons, the sidebar that there is for a while now, it's not always uh, like there is something there that you can use and something that you, you can tap in. And I think it's nice. And I want also a little bit focus on that. And that that's one of the most um, it's, it's a very small step to start using add-ons with your workspace uh, tools. And I think there could be a lot of potential like, it's unknown now, and I, I, I think it's good that we have these kinds of videos and a lot of publicity, and I also want to show people and customers what can actually be achieved. It's possible now because we can quite quickly show something and build something. It doesn't take, like, four weeks until something functional. This, I have more than once used the card builder tool to just say, hey, this is this is how it's going to look. What did, what did we say if this was next to your Gmail? Did you see your contacts in Gmail here listed and and do stuff with it? So I hope this this helps and this could really help on on bringing more customers to actually ask for add-ons. The next step for me, of course, would be to, to have something in the marketplace and get more, not for one specific customer, but for many. And uh, it's something I really focus on.
2: No, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, the fact that you can build it fast, and I'm surprised you say you can build it as fast as you can, but I, I definitely see that. You know, I use the tool to prototype the UIs UI so quickly that I kind of feel like I you know unlike before where HTML servers I was literally like putting tags in an editor and trying to make it work and then screwing it up. Now I feel like I can actually build you know a business use case visually and then quickly hoist it up whether it's AppScript script or, or in ultimate runtimes and see that result fast and explain it to a user almost minutes after they told me what they want. So from that standpoint I think it's gonna be beautiful. I think the question is just getting people used to to, to knowing it and experiencing it. And uh, yeah. part of that is we need to see more examples out there that people go.
4: Yeah, and I think there's even, you know, there's room to make things even faster on the development side. Um, you know, when early on, I haven't released this yet as, you know, any code. Um, but when I was, you know, prototyping things and playing around, you know, before this was released, um, you know, you saw that like the, all that middleware and Rails code about, you know, getting identity and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of that, is, it's it's the same code no matter who is building the add-on, right? And so like, uh, and then a lot of things around like accessing forms and doing navigation, um, just taking all that stuff that is common across of that and then putting it into a toolkit. Um, I think, you know, we could actually make it so that, uh, yeah, you could prototype an add-on in, you know, Twenty minutes or something like that. If
3: right.
4: uh, you know, if if the you know, if it's a really opinionated approach to
3: doing,
4: mm. um, and you know, so I have a bunch of stuff that like I hopefully will get out there at some point, but uh, and then you know, open it up and can work on it with people. But uh, yeah, there's 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 room to make those even
2: even easier for people. Where should folks look for that, Steve? Uh, or or. Follow for that to uh, find it when you actually drop it. Um, I don't know yet.
4: Uh, (laughs) If I if I do it, it will probably be more experimental than official, um, and it'll probably land on my like personal GitHub. Um, And I'm usually on GitHub. I'm uh, Squirrel. It's S Q R R R L three R's.
0: Oh, I, um, I I don't want to look that one up.
4: Can
1: someone else find <laughs> it for me? <laughs> uh, it,
4: it's all right. It's uh, nah, it can, uh I can. Ha- I haven't created a repo or anything for it yet. So it's um, <laughs> this is all just stuff that's you know sitting on my laptop right now. Um, but it's 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 an area where um, you know, I've been showing try- you know showing a couple of people like this is a vanilla, you know, Node.js add-on where everything is really explicit and you have to do everything step by step and then you know, this is all the stuff we can pull out, right? And it's like, it cuts the code in, you know, more than half. It's...
1: I have a Steve. question. Let go, see. So, sure. Uh, rethinking, retraining the, the brain, so to speak. For example, with editor add-ons, we're used to having like an on install function, then on open, things like that. Then as we move to GWAO, you have the manifest, which helps to trigger things off as things are opened. Um, with alternate runtimes, real and Steve, is there any um, rethinking, changing perspectives that could help us uh, going from one to the other? It's hmm.
4: a good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <sighs> <laughs> it's,
3: it's, it's. It has some triggers and the only trigger that, that you configure is you, the URL that you call. So, and it defines what part of your application it lands in. So, and, it, and in my opinion, you had you have a compose trigger when you open an email. I can get, I can call a URL and send this JSON to to build a car for the compose email, or I'm next to my inbox, or I press a button in my add-on. It's just configuring your endpoint calls and giving the parameters for my own backend to know what to send back. So. It's not just a tree on install, on, on, on edit, and then on open. It's, it's everything you create yourself. And that is, is that what you are thinking of?
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah the only things that kind of come to mind are it's really more versus um, the older editor add-ons uh, where you do, where, you know, where you have HTML and client-side JavaScript. Um, you know, it's an, it's a big architectural difference in that case. Um, yeah, because you can do a lot client-side um, in terms of coordinating state and the interactivity that you you don't get with add-ons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ha- like how you think about state, mm-hmm. um, especially with card stacks is like a little bit different. And there's some, um, yeah, there's some like easy techniques. I think that um, like one of the things I, I actually just, I, like all the state that I care about that I want to put through a workflow, I just, make a little JSON object, serialize it. And we have this notion of action parameters. And so it's always just getting forwarded. And so I just have this one state that, you know, is um, always there throughout the stack. And if somebody goes backwards, it just automatically reverts to the previous state. There's like, it, it works actually really, really nicely, but um, it's just like the fact that you don't have any client side logic mm-hmm. um, that, is, is the biggest architectural shift that you have to get your head around. Um, it's almost like, it's like old school web programming. Um, you know, where it's like, you don't have, like you're just doing HTML, with the end, and you're, you know, doing forum posts and no JavaScript. Um, so, you know, it's like, if you are around back in like early days of, you know, web apps, like it's kind of like that, uh, which sounds worse than it is. Um, <laughs> but it, it's you know it's 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 just a, it's a little bit different model but not that hard to uh, adapt to it,
3: it is essentially just navigating through pages yeah. yeah that's what what you want to do it's it's, it's funny you mentioned that
2: because to me that was the first big difference when we went to gwal was the stack and i remember trying mm-hmm. to lay out logically in my mind this flow of an application and then you know, me, the developer, got lost on what I was trying to do and accomplish, and where the user should be. And to be honest, I haven't seen a ton of examples that use a very deep stack. Um, either one of you, can you give us some use cases on, on how you've seen a stack being used effectively, or, um, or or how often do you even think that's applicable to the type of you know use cases that you come across with add-ons? Either, oh, either.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I I've. You know, I think like any any sort of like master detail type pattern, you know, the stacks are really natural for, um, you know, I think one thing we have, um, one of the earliest internal ones, like, you know, it was a, a team, like, a um, organizational browser, right? Like you get an email, you like, you want to see who's on, um, you know look at the recipients of an email and you can see them go look up in your corporate directory who those people are who their managers where they sit right and then yeah. and then you could start pivoting on all that information right like i want to see who are the reports who's their manager right and as you drill through those those are all you know pushing and popping things off to that stack um and so like those cases are super super natural um same for a crm right like I get an email about a customer. I maybe I get some high-level details, but then I want to drill in and look at other opportunities associated with that customer, um, and then you know, but still be able to get back to where I started. Yeah. Um, but I'm also built like a lot of the stuff I built recently is just a single card. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just do it on mm. are <laughs> so Both patterns are super valuable. It really is use case specific. Yeah. So the
2: great one's the home page. Boom. Cool, there it is. You can get it. There's your real estate on the screen.
0: We'll see you again. Uh- <laughs> so, uh, um, real is the, the card builder, is that your go to tool when you're de- developing? For,
3: for me personally, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there more, the more experienced uh, people in my team that work like tools like Figma to to create the cards and to, uh, make the JSON out of it. Um, but for me, yeah. And if I want to quickly show what's possible, then mm-hmm. yeah, you, you use the card builder tool. And actually, I think even when we have designed how, how we wanted the card to be, that we created in the card builder tool just to get the JSON. Yeah. It's not. I have some some helper functions to create a quick to create some sections and cards and and to build the structure that the JSON needs. But actually, for Steve, it's sometimes a bit unclear for me how, how 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 the tool wants it to be set up, and then I miss a key somewhere. But uh getting better on that. But yes, card build was quite valuable. Yeah
2: so I, I i always say this and it makes Steve blush a little but i think it's essential i don't i don't think you'd want to build mm-hmm. it um especially the Ascript version i you know i have a little helper add-on that i simply take the tools appscript output and put it into my project so i can quickly see it live working in a session and i couldn't picture doing that without especially the Apps Script version without the tool. So either way, I think it's essential. So I know we flashed that a couple of times, but but do take a look at that. And again, anybody tuning in, if you have feedback or wants or desires, you know, Steve is your... Uh,
4: oh, yeah, I, I take feature requests. Uh, <laughs>
3: so anything you need, just uh, file. There's a little bug report link in there. And, uh, but, but also the other way around. Yeah. the Because um, recently when I started using uh, and, and doing the, the first deployment, I wasn't able to... Paste the JSON that I created to see if it ends up quite well in the card, but you can use the tool now for this as well. Yeah, just just do it the other way around. Hopefully yes, yeah, useful.
4: yeah. Actually, do it. That's uh, something I actually do a lot too. Is I just want to yeah. validate that uh, the JSON oh. is is gonna like what it's gonna look like without having to do the deploy and install and everything. And yeah, it's, yeah exactly. Yeah, um, and
0: real in terms of the infrastructure that you're using are. I know in the documentation it recommends using Google Cloud Run. Is is that what you're using for your add-ons?
3: Yes, and to just the normal Cloud Functions. Yeah. Yeah, both are totally. Uh, yeah. oh, you, can you can even use know, Apps Script. Sure.
0: To... <laughs> we did have a related. Let me just. So I'm just going to show uh, the link. To cloud Run, and. Um, I think we're keen to actually have a show on Google Cloud Run uh, a later date, so we, we can possibly follow that that one. But there was a question from Joshua about. Let me see if I can find it. it was around um, a hybrid approach? Uh, where was it? Of using App Script and uh, alternate runtime.
3: Yeah. It- Of course, AppScript could could be used to generate the JSON for you and respond to to your alternate runtime. I don't think think there is anything against that.
4: Um, Oh yeah, this the hybrid deployment thing. You know, I I haven't actually tried it myself. Um, It I know things were actually like the the way the deployment descriptor is is done. It was designed to support this but I haven't actually tried it. Um, in fact, even before this was GA, like the way we actually do all runtimes was create the App Script project. Like we create like an App Script add-on and then in the function for, you know, what the entry point was, just put in a URL. And I think that still works. Uh, I don't know why it wouldn't, um, but that that would be one, one thing to try is you could actually just like, Put in the URL for your endpoint in an existing add-on, and then see if it invokes it. Um, but yeah, this is this is an area where I think you know we, we just need better documentation on like what does this migration path look like. Um, but the goal was to actually have you know allow this sort of hybrid migration where you can start kind of peeling off parts of your add-on and uh, and then eventually convert it. Um,
0: Another question from Joshua is about conversion. So. Um, so, if you have an existing app script, could you drop that into the the card builder tool, and then get the not, JSON alternative?
4: Not at the moment. Um, that that one I I, I left out because uh, you know, re- like interpreting JSON is really easy. Um, interpreting arbitrary JavaScript, um, you <laughs> know, has a lot more concerns, mm. right, in terms of. You know that code has to be sandboxed. There's, you know, if somebody has an infinite loop in there, you have to like be able to climb out. You know, Mm -hmm. like so, yeah, it's it's not not written to to handle. Um, un, like you know basically running app script code Um thought, definitely thought about this oh uh, actually mm. I want to do it at some point it's just it's it's a much more complicated problem I guess um, you could
0: drop in tiny snippets
4: <laughs> yeah if, if like I but I, I'd have to say like you can't have any conditional mm. like no loops yeah, <laughs> you <yeah>. know things <laughs> like that um, no it, it's, it's a really interesting problem to do there there is another way to do it though um, although you get um, you're not going to get quite the right output, um, but in AppScript, uh, this was added a while back. There is a two JSON method on the card objects, mm. um, and so you can use that. You can just call right. that, and print it out on the console, and it's going to give you a rough mm-hmm. structure yeah. of what that JSON is going to look like. Uh, the only difference is it is based off of um, an older version of the markup than uh, what add-ons are expected to return today. Um and so there's a little bit of um you know processing that you'd have to do uh, just to you know change the name of certain fields. But you know, that's something that you know could easily be automated, um, you know, with like a little helper method. Um that's actually an insurance. I probably could do that, just like give people like a little app script function they can run, and then it will give you the the JSON for your card. Um, but it's it's an interesting question. Uh, it's just yeah, not not one that we you know tried to solve yet.
2: Hey Steve, we we have another question coming in from uh, Faustino about uh, the card service question, basic question. Is there a dialog or sidebar only interface? And uh, I'd like to just footnote on that. Can you also tell how the tool works with chat uh, on top of that as well? When you answer this question. Um. Sure. So.
4: The card markup is doesn't really care if it's in the sidebar or dialogue. The tool, you know, does show you both. Um, the The choice of whether or not your, you know, the card will appear as a dialogue is more a function of the entry points. Um, and right now, the only place where um, dialogues are used is in uh, composed time actions. Right, so if you're, you know. Uh, just because like when you're just, it's just because of the way the Gmail interfaces is constructed, you know, it's a little harder to kind of tease apart, you know, it's the little message mole, the little pop-up on the bottom, like what's the sidebar for that? Like it doesn't have a sidebar. Um, so, you know, any, any actions initiated from there do pop up in a dialogue. Um, there's some other stuff around dialogues in chat coming um, that we'll see more use of this. Um, and then the question for chat. So, going back to earlier comment about this like two JSON method in uh, in app script and card service, you know, I said it's based on this older version. That older version is actually the same same markup that's used in chat. Um, if you do an interactive card, um, so it's like they are slightly different. They're like logically the same, but like the things like uh, decorated text, right? We call it decorated text in Mm add-ons, but it's key value in chat. Um, So I did create a, there's actually another page, (laughs) exactly. In in Card Builder, if you just add slash chat, it will go into like basically chat mode. Um, And you can use it to construct interactive cards for chat messages Um, in an ideal world, which I hope is going to be soon um, is, um, you know, all that will converge and so it'll just be one tool. And it's just gonna, be, you know, it's just different ways that that card would be surfaced, but a card is a card. Um, it should all work. Um, and yeah, it may get
3: visualized differently for different contexts. but. I, I, I could, I could quickly, quickly show there because um, here the card is actually, yeah. I had this deployed also on on editor time. You see that that my add-on is here as well, and it's mm-hmm. actually the same add-on, yeah. but it pops up as a dialog here. So for Festino, this is this is possible as well. Yeah. And so uh, we've we'll, we'll been playing with this and how this could be of use here on, uh, on the add-ons. Yeah. I, I mean, I I, w-
4: I would definitely love to see at some point, um, you know, more like you know, we have the stack-based navigation and add-ons. Um, there's definitely use cases where um, like it would be valuable for an add-on to say like, I I really want to open a dialogue <laughs> mm, <sorry. laughs> and, you know, go into a, like a slightly different layout, you know, if it's, you know, a little bit more information dense or, you know, if we start allowing more horizontal layout of components mm. right? right now, it's all very vertical. Um, I know a lot of developers have been asking for, um, you know, ways to take up more horizontal real estate than you can today. Um, and then, Think once you get into that space, and you start going, it's like, well, okay, if you could do that, then why not open a dialogue and give people a little bit more control? So you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of room to, um, to you know, open up for the design flexibility for people. Um, it's still early, um, so you know, just you know, be patient. Uh, but hopefully, we'll, we'll see a lot more uh, uh, layout options as we go.
2: Keep sending us that feedback. Hey, we're we're, we're nearly at a time, but. Um... Um real, I just wanted to first of all thank you for being an early pioneer and an early adopter and coming and showing us uh this stuff today. Uh you're based out of the Netherlands. Um where can folks reach you? And uh let me just ask you bluntly, are you looking for anybody to join your team? Are you are you growing? Are you hiring? Uh, what, what are you looking for?
3: <laughs> yes, always looking for nice people that can help me build add-ons and make smart toolings on the oh. yeah, just just you can go to our website. Uh thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can see what we're all about, what, what, what we do, you know, how, what we want to re- reach in the, in the upcoming years to come. Uh, I think having our workspace uh, customers and bringing extra services using add-ons and everything that it might bring in the future will be a great business gate for us. We'll and we
0: sure? you've really worked me hard with all the (laughs) the banners and questions and i'm exhausted i don't know i think we have to finish the show just because of that i don't want to because it's been really fascinating and i'm sure we could go on for a lot longer Um, so this is clearly a a topic i think we're going to have to revisit quite soon um but um yes thanks you and Steve for coming on and just really sharing your expertise and thank you also for all the people who've been contributing uh, questions to the chat it's been really useful um, having your eyes and ears uh, just to kind of surface the things that are topical for you the things that you want solved I think um, Steve might be going away with quite a bit of feedback in terms of (laughs) what, what the community is
1: Oh yeah, that's
4: been great. Great question. One team. Great so yeah, it's all it's all stuff. Yeah, that uh, definitely want to get channeled back to the product teams and see how we can make things even better for people.
0: In terms of feedback, is the best way to put feature requests in the issue tracker?
4: Um. um yeah, it, it definitely helps to have that in there. Um, mm-hmm. There are teams that look at that and triage it. Um, you know, ping up, you know, reach out on Twitter or wherever. Um, you know, a lot of times it's you know, want to have more of a conversation around things mm-hmm. than um, than just an issue report. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not, You know, just yeah, ping me. And uh, my my email has been uh, pretty public, so I'm not going to say it here. But it's I'm I'm pretty easy to track down. Um,
0: That's your test number one. <laughs> if you can't find his email address.
4: Be, uh, exactly it to um, it's it. a really <laughs> easy one to figure out um, the uh, but no twitter, twitter works And um, and yeah go to his dm and you know follow up via email or, or whatever um, but yeah issue tracker is a great place um if you're a customer like if you're a workspace customer and you're building stuff internally you know you know support sales um you know there, there's different ways of getting uh, getting attention um, hmm. Hmm. But uh but yeah, the, the more feedback we get, the better.
0: Um, okay. It's always good to hear. Well, I think we're gonna have to close it. Um, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in and um, we'll be back on the air very soon, so uh, stay tuned uh, and um, happy non non scripting. <laughs>
4: <Yeah.
2: laughs> Thank you Thank you for.